Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Um, I have a confession. I, I didn't teach any of my kids to drive because it wasn't, it wasn't my gift. Actually, I just decided it wasn't worth the relational strain that it would put on me and my kids. So uh, I did two things. Number one, I bought five lessons and I delegated that to, the, to my wife. Like that was, that was her domain because she is blessed with patience. I am not blessed with patience. And I know the Lord says develop it, but I thought this wasn't the opportunity to develop patience in. This, this was, the risks were too high. Uh, so what I did do though is I went with one of my children on their driving test and I sat in the back of their driving test and how many know that things look a lot closer and there's a lot more closer calls when you're in the back seat not in the driver's seat I'm like no 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 and one of one of the rules was that your parent can come with you on the test as long as they don't say anything do you know how hard it is to watch said child almost clip cars on narrow streets. I'm like, can't we do this test in an open field? Do we have to do it in little back lanes and alleys? Like, they can reverse park when there's nothing else around. Like, they'll nail it every single time. But uh, as we're driving down this little narrow lane, the instructor said to my child, I'm trying to be very careful not to give away which child it was. So I'm not using a gender. I'm not using anything. Well, it doesn't matter. So as I'm driving down, I'm ready to yell out, the car's closed, the car's closed. The instructor says this to my child. Don't look out. Don't, don't be consumed with the dangers. Be aware of them, but be consumed with the destination. And I wonder how many Christians are consumed with the dangers Now, I'm not saying don't be aware of them. Be aware of them, but don't study them and don't look out for them and don't be consumed with them at the expense of being consumed with the destination. And hey, radio check, the destination, his name is Jesus. To be with him, to be like him, to live like he lived. Let's be consumed with the person of Jesus. And we're doing a series called Jesus Is at the moment and The whole goal of this series is we would do what the writer of Hebrews says to do. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And over these weeks, we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. I love that old hymn that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Not go away, but grow strangely. Don't take prominence compared to his glory and grace. I wonder how many of us, our breakthrough is as simple as getting our eyes on Jesus again, discovering how big and how good he is. And this week, we're gonna look at another Jesus is from the Bible. And my prayer is that this Jesus is would go from information to operation. It would go from, oh, I know that to, oh, I live that. Because uh, I reckon this one can change our life, as they all can. But John 10.10 10 says this, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, sees danger coming, sees a tough time coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. You know, in this passage, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And interestingly, in the Bible, Jesus is typified or characterized by a shepherd more than anything else, more than any other comparison. And sheep, we're always sheep. Sheep are always the same, right? No matter what the context. Sheep, I did some study on sheep this week, and trust me, that's not a great study if we are compared to as sheep. Like they are the bottom of the intellectual level of all of the animal kingdom, I'm sure. They, they are silly uh, and, and sheep are the same no matter what the context. But I wonder when you hear the word shepherd, what do you think of? Do you think of some rough South Island Cantabrian with really short shorts and a checkered jacket on, the gumboots up to here and a lot of leg showing in the middle? Uh, he goes out and yells at the sheep and then goes like, when you hear the word shepherd, what do you think of? Because what you think of will determine how you interact with the good shepherd. How with the revelation you have and how you think he is a good shepherd will determine what you believe from him, what you go to him with, what, what, how you engage with him. You know, Amanda and I uh, lived in America for seven years. And when we first got there, we went there in uh, winter, so I'd forgotten to pack my jandals. About six months later, it was summer, and we lived in this area that was really hot, and I forgot my, I'm Australian, so they're called thongs. That's the proper English for them, by the way, just in case you were wondering. There'll be a test next week. Um, I'd forgotten my thongs, so I was at church one day, and I said to a friend of mine, hey, where's the best place to buy thongs? And he's like, like, dude, what's the problem? Like, it's, it's winter time. You want to be comfortable. Wear some thongs. Like, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm like, bro, just where are some, where can I buy some thongs? For those of you who don't know, thongs in Australia are jandals. Thongs in America are something very different. <laughs> they are underwear of the very skimpy kind. And I'm asking where I buy thongs so I can be comfortable in summer. <laughs> My friend thinks in pictures, so I'm sure the picture he had and the picture I had were very, very different. But when you hear the word shepherd, what do you think of? When you hear the word good shepherd, what do you think of? Because I believe the good shepherd wants to journey with us in every area of life, that he wants to be with us in the good times and the bad times, and that he wants to be with us with every struggle we face in life, especially fear. And I want to narrow in on fear a little bit today because I believe fear is something that is rampant in our society. And I reckon in a crowd this size with people online, there'll be at least one person who struggles with fear. Just one. There'll be just one in a crowd this size who has some sort of journey with fear. And if that's you, I pray this message speaks to you. Uh, and here's the deal. Fear comes in a lot of shapes or sizes. Stress. Anyone felt any stress in the last two years? 
Just me, feel real lonely here. Worry, panic, anxiety, and the granddaddy of them all, depression. And I reckon we've all dealt with one or multiple of these at some point or in some season of our life. And I believe the giant of fear has got its foot on the throat of our generation. But the good shepherd is the answer to any fear that you face. The good shepherd is the answer to anything that is trying to restrict and hold back. No wonder in the Bible, over 365 times, God says, fear not. Because I reckon God himself thinks we as human beings have the propensity to be afraid. It's God's opinion that left to ourselves that we're gonna be anxious at times and in the scriptures, he talks to anxiety. You know, anxiety is not a new thing and we, we keep talking about anxiety like it's a new, anxiety is not a new thing. God had the answer to anxiety back in the Bible but there is a blowing up, there is a, there is a resurgence of anxiety in our generation for a whole bunch of reasons and I think at the top of that list is the screen that we hold and the screen that we are glued to that that when we get anxious, where do we go to be comforted? Where do we go to get a perspective? We go to YouTube, well, I'm, I'm going through this, so what does YouTube say? Well, I'm going through this, what does Instagram say? And when we're awake at two o'clock in the morning, because we're worried about the job situation. If you're a spouse here, don't nudge anyone, it's real awkward. I'm so glad I'm sitting over here because my wife would be nudging me right now. We're awake at two o'clock in the morning and we're worried about the job, the finances, the wayward child, and the phone that's been in our pocket all day is now on our bedside table. And we reach at two o'clock in the morning to get some sort of comfort from the screen. Can I tell you from personal experience, there is little comfort that is offered on the other side of this screen, but the good shepherd wants to draw near and journey with you through every phase and season of life. Because here's what happens when you pick up your phone, one or two things is gonna happen. Either you're gonna read stuff that's gonna make you even more anxious, or you're gonna open up social media and see your friend living the dream in Rarotonga, which is gonna make you even more mad, so you're gonna pray that a cyclone hits there and destroys their holiday. Because this doesn't bring comfort. But the good shepherd does. You know, King David wrote a psalm, Psalm 23. Here's the crazy thing, is when Jesus here in John 10 said, I am the good shepherd. He is making a direct reference to Psalm 23 and every Jewish reader of the day would know that Jesus is saying what David wrote all those years ago, I am the fulfillment of who he was looking to. Every Jewish person would have known that when he read out, when he talked about Psalm 23, that Jesus is saying, I am that guy. And David was a man's man. David was a poet and David wrote and David had all that stuff, but David was also a warrior and he was 
a king and he knew what it was to walk through some shaky times. Hello, 2022. He knew what it was to have those closest to him abandon him and those who he loved throw spears at him. And he was in a cave and he could have taken matters into his own hands, but he resisted in that moment. Why? Because David knew what it was to lean into the good shepherd. David knew what it was to lean into who Jesus was. And Psalm 23 is not some grandma likes this psalm. It's gritty and it's got guts and it's got answers and it's not. It's more than some little tapestry on your grandma's uh, your grandma's couch and it's more than a poem we read at funerals. It can change your life if you take on the promises of Psalm 23. I might be passionate about it because I know it from experience. That in Psalm 23, there are so many promises that we can lean into. So let's read it together. David says this, the Lord is my shepherd. And I believe today that the good shepherd is opening an invitation to any person who hears this message to make him your shepherd. Not he's a good shepherd, he's my good shepherd who I look to. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Why, because I'm that good? No, because he's that good. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We've missed, we've lost so many Kiwis in that point. No one makes me do anything. Can I suggest if he is your shepherd, you're gonna have to let him make you do some things because he knows better. But you know what he makes you do? Not religion, lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Man, where do I sign up already? He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. You know, maybe today when you stood up here and you heard Pastor Aaron talk about those two people who were cancer free this week and we rejoice with those two people, but maybe that's not your story. Maybe you're still in the valley of cancer. You can lean into the good shepherd. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I don't know if you remember or if you were here when Pastor Marie spoke, maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks ago, she spoke about when Pastor Paul uh, was in brain surgery and she lay on her bed and had a moment with God. How does that happen? Well, your husband literally has his skull cut open. You lay on your bed because he prepares a table for you in the presence of fear, in the presence of unknown, in the presence of things that would try and take you away. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know that the good shepherd doesn't send you into the valley? Doesn't even sit in heaven and watch you in the valley. He says, you walk with me in the valley. 
no matter what you're going through, the good shepherd is with you. He is journeying with you. And look at me, if the good shepherd is with you, look at me, you will get through. You will come out the other side. This isn't the end of your story. This is part of your story. This isn't the end of your journey. This is part of your journey. Look to the good shepherd. You're not the only one in a valley. Sometimes we can get ourselves so caught up in the valley. We think no one else knows what I'm going through. Friend, there is other people going through their valleys, leaning into the same good shepherd, coming out the other side because he is a good shepherd. You're gonna make it. So here's the deal. If we've got a good shepherd, here's three things I wanna encourage us to do with our good shepherd. Number one, listen for his voice. John 10, down in verse 27 says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I called a friend of mine who is a Jewish guy. He's not living in the Middle East at the moment, but He's living in another part of the world, but I called him and talked to him about this. I'm like, man, talk, talk to me about shepherding and talk to me about what you know about that. He's like, Scott, one of the craziest things that I have seen is there are shepherds who would have 1,000 to 1,500 sheep and they would lead because sheep don't get driven. You haven't got a God that's trying to drive you. You've got a God who's trying to lead you. And there's a shepherd would have 1,000 to 1,500 sheep and maybe in the heat of the day, they'd find a watering hole and there would be, 10 to 15 other shepherds there with their 1,000 to 1,500 sheep. So there would be 15 to 20,000 sheep at the watering hole and the shepherds would sit around and drink their mochaccino or their latte and catch up and how's Jane and good, how's the renos going? Renos are going well and how the kids, they just kind of shoot the fat for a few hours and then at the end of it, the shepherd would get up and go, well, it's my time to go, I've got to get back and he would make a sound. Good! That's probably not the sound, like I... That doesn't sound like a very Middle Eastern sound at all, does it? I don't know what it sounds like, but he would make his own sound. And as he began to walk, his 1,500 sheep would begin to follow, not, not the other shepherds, but his 1,500 sheep would follow him away from the watering hole to where the shepherd was leading them. In 2022, with all the noise, of fear. I read in the paper this week, there's another flu happening. There's another potential pandemic from, I think it was South Africa somewhere, of like a pig or a dog or a guinea pig or I don't know, something. All the noise, social media, billboards, noise, uh, expectations, not all noise is bad. I've got to raise kids. I've got to be a good dad. I've got to overcome this. I've got to move forward. I've got to, in all the noise, do you have the ability to stop? and hear the good shepherd's voice above it all. Because your good shepherd wants to speak to you. Do you know how I hear the, the voice of my good shepherd is I need to shut everything down and, and get alone. Like if a preacher gets up here and says, God said this to me, that's short version for I felt a nudge or I felt a prompt. I've never heard the voice of God, audible voice of God in my life. It's never sprayed across, but I've had thoughts that I know that's God thought. That's a God drop. That, that's how God speaks to me in those moments. You know how else God speaks to me? God's voice often sounds similar to my wife and Pastor Paul. <laughs> you know why? Because they know me best. And oftentimes God will use those who know you best to speak to you. Are you in a group? Do you have a community of people who know what you're going through? Not we get together and talk about the warriors only. We get together and we actually talk, because there's nothing to talk about there. The, 
go to the Melbourne Storm. Hey, but here's the deal. Not that we get together and just talk about that, but do we talk about the deep stuff of life? Where God and the good shepherd's voice can come in and give you something because the good shepherd, number one, he speaks. And here's what I've learned. When I listen to his voice, he leads me. So the, when it comes to the good shepherd, I've got to listen to his voice. Number two, I've got to trust his nudge. Bible says, you're, I wish I had a staff around here. I wish we had a church that had a staff. Oh, tell, you're amazing. Look at that. You are amazing. When it says you're robbing your staff, they comfort me. This is what a staff of a shepherd would look like. And the staff is for the sheep. Because if the sheep are getting a little bit off track, the shepherd has the chance to go, no, no, not there, this way. Not, not there, this way. Do you know that life was birthed out of a nudge? 30 years ago, Pastor Paul and Marie heard a nudge from heaven. Why don't you go to New Zealand and start something? We are now beneficiaries of someone listening and trusting a nudge from heaven. Do you know that God's got a better day for you tomorrow if we would just allow him to, 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 to hey, no, not over there. No, 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 that thinking's not gonna get you to where I want you to go. That, that, come on, those, those, that way of doing stuff's not gonna get you to where you go. And if you have a look at the end of it, there's a hook on it. You know what the hook is for? It's if a sheep gets stuck in the mud, it'll, the, the shepherd can use the hook to pull the sheep out of the mud. You ever felt stuck in life? He got, I've got good news for you. You don't have to get yourself unstuck because you can take comfort in the fact that your shepherd has a staff to help you get unstuck in your thinking, in your internal world. He wants to help get you unstuck and nudge you along the path. I've got to listen for his voice. I've got to trust his nudge. When I trust his nudge, he helps me stay the path. And number three, I've got to rely on his protection. The Bible says that the shepherd has a staff and a rod. The rod was literally a baton that a shepherd would use, not on the sheep, but on the wolves and on the enemy. And some of you need to understand today, you may be under attack and you may feel like the world is upon you. You have a shepherd who is fighting in the background. You have a shepherd who is fighting on your behalf. You have a shepherd who wants to see you win and the enemy beaten. And you may be in the spot that our founding pastor is in where he's walking through the valley. He's walking through the shadow. He's walking through the name of cancer. But I got good news for him and for every other person. There is a shepherd with a name above every other name and he's got a rod and he is beating the enemy on your behalf. You don't have to fight your battles. Your good shepherd wants to fight your battle. You can trust he's got your back. Well, that's cute. He's got your back. No, no, no. It literally says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And when the children of Israel left Egypt, the way God led them was a pillar of cloud by night, by a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. And if you read the text, then when they left Egypt and the enemy was chasing them, that pillar of fire went from in front of them round to behind them, so that when they went through the sea, the enemy would be pushed into the sea, and then God would let the walls of the sea cave in and beat the enemy on their behalf. 
behalf. Church, listen, you may be fighting a battle, but your good shepherd is trustworthy and has your back. You can lean into him. When I rely on his protection, he helps me traverse the ever-changing landscape. You ever get the feeling that when I just figure this out, something new happens? New pandemic, new crisis, new something. Here's my whole message in one sentence. My good shepherd speaks, leads, and protects. And this week, I want you to make that statement personal. My good shepherd speaks, leads with a nudge, There's some people in here, you've had a nudge from heaven, you just haven't done it yet. Do what He's asking you to do. And you watch the outcome He wants you to have. And here's what we're gonna do. Would you all stand to your feet for just a moment? I'd love for us to take a few minutes. And I believe that right now we've got a choice. I can either lean into the good shepherd or I can continue to be my own shepherd. I can lean into the good shepherd and say, God, I need your voice. I need it clear or I need a nudge from you. God, I need your protection. God, I am overwhelmed with fear. I believe that in this moment for many of us, the spirit of fear is gonna be broken. Those thought processes that have tried to get on top of you. I I literally feel like there's some people in here, whether you're online or in the auditorium, you've said something along these lines. I don't know how much longer I can keep it at bay for before it takes over, before the cloud takes over. Listen, you've got a good shepherd. You've got a good shepherd who loves you and is trustworthy, who wants to comfort you with his rod because he's beating the enemy and his staff to make some little adjustments or get you back on the path. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.